1 Samuel chapter 21. Then David came to Nob to Abimelech the priest. Ahimelech came to meet David trembling and said to him, Why are you alone and no man with you? David said to Ahimelech the priest, The king has commanded me to do something and has said to me, Let no one know anything about the business about which I send you and what I have commanded you. I have sent the young men to a certain place. Now therefore, what is under your hand? Please give me five loaves of bread in my hand, or whatever is available. The priest answered David and said, I have no common bread, but there is holy bread. If only the young men have kept themselves from women. David answered the priest and said to him, Truly, women have been kept from us as usual these three days. When I came out, the vessels of the young men were holy, though it was only a common journey. How much more than today shall their vessels be holy? So the priest gave him holy bread, for there was no bread there but the showbread that was taken from before Yahweh to put hot bread in the day when it was taken away. Now, a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before Yahweh, and his name was Doeg the Edomite, the best of the herdsmen who belonged to Saul. David said to Ahimelech, Isn't there here under your hand spear or sword? For I haven't brought my sword or my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. The priest said, Behold, the sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, is here, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you would like to take that, take it, for there is no other except that here. David said, There is none like it. Give it to me. David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul, and he went to Achish, the king of Gath. The servants of Achish said to him, Isn't this David the king of the land? Didn't they sing to one another about him in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands? David laid up these words in his heart and was very afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. He changed his behavior before them and pretended to be insane in their hands and scribbled on the doors of the gate and let his spittle fall down his beard. Then Achish said to his servants, Look, you see, this man is insane. Why do you have him brought to me? Do I lack madmen, that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Should this fellow come into my house? So David is escaping. He just said goodbye to Jonathan in the previous chapter, and he's trying to get away somewhere safe, and he goes to Nob. Now, um, way back at the start of Samuel, the tabernacle and all the priests were at Shiloh. But in the first battle of Ebenezer, and I think it's 1 Samuel chapter 4, um, Shiloh was destroyed. Now Shiloh was a town, in, a, in the archaeological record, the town has a burn layer that matches the time. It's, it was destroyed. But the, the tabernacle was there, and apparently, from how I understand it, the priests that were there, which was Eli's family, they realized that they were in danger of being destroyed, and they packed up the tabernacle and got it out of there. And along with the tabernacle, they would have taken the candlestick and, and other furniture of the, the um, tabernacle. And here, that's where the tabernacle is. It's at Nob, and that's where all the priests are. But the Ark of the Covenant is not at Nob. The Ark of the Covenant, you remember, went to the land of the Philistines, and when it came back from the Philistines, it went to Kiriath-Jerim, and it's still there. So this funny situation where the priests have moved from Shiloh to Nob, the tabernacle is there, but no Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant went to the land of the Philistines and has gone to Kiriath 
Jerem. And um, in fact, the Ark of the Covenant doesn't get back into the tabernacle slash temple for more than 60 years. I did try to work this out. I think it was 64 years, but I could be a little bit off. But I know that that it's it's in Kiriath-Jerim, or Kiriath-Jerim for 20 years. Then David becomes the king of Israel, and he um, brings up the Ark of the Covenant, and then it's in a special tent in Jerusalem all of David's life. And David was in Jerusalem as king for 33 years. And then, so there's 20 plus 33. And then Solomon starts building the temple in his fourth year, and it takes seven years to build, so there's 11 years. So I've, I'm pretty sure the 20 plus 33 plus 11 is 44 plus 20, 64 years is I'm pretty sure how long the tabernacle was was empty with no ark. And when the temple was built, of course, the tabernacle wasn't even needed anymore. So the tabernacle never ever gets the ark back, but the ark ends up in the temple ultimately. But there's this period of 64 years, 20 in Kiriath-Jerim, and then uh, 44 years in a special tent in Israel called the Tabernacle of David, which we will talk about in other chapters. So that's why we're talking about the priests at Nob. They've actually moved, the tabernacle has moved. David goes there and he's kind of like looking for help. Um, and he wants, he, he knows he might be able to get help and he gets from Nob, he gets some help with some bread. And this is special bread. And the priest bends the rules a little bit to give him this bread. David actually tells him a lie. The priest asking, what are you doing? David says, I'm on here on official but secret business. You're not allowed to know. And so the priest bends the rules. He's not supposed to give out this holy sacred bread, but he gives it to David. And apparently he could do that. Apparently the priest was allowed, if there was a need, to do that. And in the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 3 to 4, there's this story of where the, fact, the disciples of Jesus are on the Sabbath, mind you. They're getting heads of grain from a wheat field, rubbing them in their hands and eating the grain, and the Pharisees accuse these disciples of working on the Sabbath. And Jesus says in Matthew 12, verse 3 to 4, he says, what about David, who took the holy bread? And, and Jesus is basically saying, there are occasions, you know, special circumstances where the need... Um, overrules you know sometimes people need food and you've just got to give them food you know you can't just uh, you know it's not like a such a legalistic rule that we don't care for people so Jesus quotes Matthew 12 3 to 4 in the Mark version it's also mentioned as well something interesting happens in the Mark version um, in the Mark version it says in the time of Abiathar the high priest so we've, it's interesting because David here comes to the tabernacle and it says he talks to Ahimelech the priest. But in Mark, it says in the time of Abiathar the priest. And so some people, commentators have said, aha, the Bible's wrong. Mark says Abiathar, but 1 Samuel says Ahimelech. Well, <laughs> people are always trying to prove the Bible wrong or they don't just read it properly. In Mark's gospel, it says in the time of Abiathar the high priest. But Ahimelech wasn't the high priest. He was just one of the priests. <laughs> so it's it's really off. And by the way, Ahimelech was the son of Abiathar the high priest. So Abiathar's the high priest, but David comes to the tabernacle. He doesn't talk to Abiathar, he talks to Ahimelech. So it's really, really simple. Once you just read a few facts and it's all really obvious, not a problem at all. <laughs> so anyway, um, 
the priests give David the, um, the bread and the sword of Goliath, and the very next thing David does is he goes to Gath. Now, I think this is the most oddest, strangest thing. He gets the sword of Goliath of Gath. Goliath comes from Gath, remember? He gets Goliath's sword, and remember, he's the one that's killed Goliath, and the very next place he goes is to Achish, king of Gath. Now, why would you do that? Why would you, the guy who killed Goliath of Gath, go to the city of the, the giant that you killed? It's, it's really odd. And um, I personally think, um, I read a lot of commentators about this. No one seemed to comment on it. Uh, and maybe there's commenters I haven't heard of because I haven't read everything. But I wonder if David was looking for somewhere to find asylum because he knows that Saul's after him. And if he could find asylum as like a refugee in another country, and I wonder with when he got the, the sword of Goliath, if he thought, I could return this as a peace offering and get asylum in the land of the Philistines. And I wonder if that's what he tries. We have no idea of knowing if that's correct or not because when he gets to Achish, king of Gath, um, Achish seems to be fine with him being there, but the other Philistines are saying, he's the guy that killed Goliath. Are you sure we really want him here? And so he ends up pretending to be mad, which was a form of protection, because in ancient times, they had a problem with killing people who are insane. They felt that you, you shouldn't do that. So David pretends to be insane, and they don't kill him, and he's able to escape. And then in the very uh, chapters that are to come, um, some terrible, terrible things happen to those priests at Nob, and we will cover that in an upcoming chapter. But what I wanted to do was read to you um, the first four verses of Psalm 56. Now, David wrote 73 of the Psalms, and I'm really looking forward to when we get to the book of Psalms, which will not be till the second half of next year, but I'm really looking forward to it because the Psalms are, are very unique. They're songs, but they're also a window into the way that people felt. So when a lot of the Bible stories, we just read what happened. We don't know how they felt, what they were thinking, but the Psalms are a real window. And it's, there's a reason why the Psalms are, are one of, it's often, you know, it's a favorite book for so many people. You ask people, what's their favorite part of the Bible? So many people say the Psalms. And I suspect when we get to the end of our Bible chapters in a few years and I go back and ask you the question, what was your favorite part of the Bible? You're going to say the Psalms. A lot of people do. And so I'm going to read for you these first four verses of Psalm 56. Now this is what David wrote at the time that he fled from Achish, the king of Gath. So David goes to Gath. He feels like his life is in danger. He pretends to be mad and then he flees from Achish, king of Gath and writes these words. Be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long. In their pride they are attacking me. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose words I praise. In God I trust, I am not afraid. What can man do to me? <laughs> he really trusts the Lord. And... Um, he says, be merciful to me. And then he says, what can man do to me? He knows the Lord is helping him. Isn't that great? Lord, we just take those words of, of Psalm 56 right now and we hold on to them. 
and we realize what can anyone do to us? What can any man or any woman do to us? If we have you, Lord, Lord, it doesn't matter if people are angry, if they pursue us, even if they try to kill us. Lord, if they attack our families, if we're sick, if COVID comes against us, Lord, no matter what happens, Lord, we trust in you. And I thank you, Lord, we have examples of people who did this in the Bible, like David. Lord, I pray that the heart that was in David, which is really the heart of God, would be the heart that's in us. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.